0: Welcome to Social Sips and Business Tips. Where we're brewing a fresh pot of greatness.
1: Sipping on mentality, life, leadership, and business success.
0: Let's pour us a cup and jump right in. I'm excited to get to know you a little bit. Thanks for doing the call for us this morning. I'm going to MC most of this. Um, so we wanted to hear your story, where you came from, uh, where you are now, how you got there, and uh, where you're planning on going. And then the guys are going to post questions in the chat. And uh, I'll pick and choose the best ones to feed your way. So I'll turn it over to you. It's all you, sir.
1: Oh, thanks. I appreciate you guys getting me on a call. I love doing these things. Hopefully I can make a... A positive impact. So let's see. We'll start, I guess. uh, I'm from Cincinnati, Ohio. Originally, I am a Bengals fan. I'm very excited about Joe Burrow. It's like the first time I've been excited excited about anything Bengals for years. I'm a Buckeye fan. And that's normally my like highlight because my other sports teams suck and I'm happy they're coming back. But uh, let's see. So born and raised there, went to school played sports, went to Miami, Ohio. Uh, I did not like college whatsoever. I don't know why, Uh, it just was not for me. And I had a really good friend that moved to Scottsdale, Arizona, and he told me I should move there and I should learn sales and start making six figures. When you're young from Cincinnati, Ohio, when like most of my friend's parents are like construction workers, warehouse, whatever, only a few are like doing well, six figures sounds amazing. So I dropped out of school, sold my car and my PlayStation, because that's all I owned. And I moved, bought a one-way ticket to Phoenix, Arizona, started in a flooring company, did customer service, uh, loved the owner of the company. They were amazing. And they told me like work hard, we'll get you into sales. So I did, I worked sometimes 12, 15 hour days, Um, I did not have a car and I had to catch the bus. It was a two and a half hour bus ride one way. And I, towards the end when I, like, I was really committed to my goals, I was opening and closing, which means I had to be there by 7.00 AM. I had to leave by, I got to leave at 10. So two and a half hour bus ride in between, I was getting like four and a half, five hours of sleep every single day. And I did that for about six months. Finally, I went in there like, boom, let's get you into sales. And I was like, yes, my life is going to change. I thought it was going to be easy. I thought all this stuff. And then the next thing they said was, we're going to give you a hundred, $150 a week to train for four weeks. And I'm like, Whoa, I don't like that. That doesn't, that doesn't sound good, but I took it with stride and I, you know, I guess I committed. Right. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to do this. So at first it was really hard for me, like really hard. I did not like someone that flooring price was going to be really high. And then they didn't like that. So I would always like low ball and I would always make sales, right? Cause I was selling it less expensive everywhere. And then the company was like, Hey man, we're not making any money. You need to like sell stuff higher. So I started trying to sell it higher and this was like real sales, right? So like, like pitch it super high and then drop down. You could drop down like five, $6,000 and you got to find good reasons to do that. And it's like a hard close. Like if they sign on the dotted line, get it installed tomorrow. You can drop it $500 call the manager, like the tricks of the trade. Right? And I got good at it. Um, it was cool. And then I remember I, I closed this guy. I made like four grand off one sale for two and a half hours and I walked away and I did not feel good. And I did not feel good because I felt like I was ripping the guy off. And, uh, of course I took my money, but after a while I just, lost interest in that. And then I moved back home to Cincinnati, Ohio. I had a friend move to Portland, Oregon. I'm applying to jobs. Um, I found our industry. I called them or whatever. or They called me and they said, uh, we're looking for someone that can do sales, but transition in the management and manage markets all over the country. And I thought to myself, that's weird because what I used to do was like I had to earn the right to do sales. And then that was the career path. You were going to be salesperson. Like there's someone that I that trained me that is still doing that. Like right now, I see him on Facebook all the time, right? He's still a salesperson at this flooring company, doing well, um, but I'm happy I didn't do that, right? So I'm like, cool. Drove 38 hours to Portland, Oregon for a job interview. Um, did a prelim. I was super nervous over talking everything. I'm like, they're not calling me back. Lo and behold, they called me back and did a second round interview the next day. And it was an all day job shadow, which I don't know what campaign you guys are on, but this was for Quill B2B. The people that, I was 25 at the time, sales experience, remember like pitching high, like hardcore sales, right? I remember going in the field and seeing these guys pitch like toner and like, I don't know, whatever you get for your office. And every time they were doing that, they were telling the customer what they were saving them. And I remember thinking, this isn't, that's not real. And I remember asking, like, are we really saving people money? Or are you guys saving people money? Like for real? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, well, then why aren't you making more sales? Like I was confused. I was like, I don't understand why you're not making sales. Like this doesn't make sense. We're saving people money. And so lo and behold, that, that whole day goes, it's a shit show. It's raining on me. I'm from Arizona I don't have an umbrella. It's Portland, Oregon. I wasn't aware of what the weather was like. I should have looked that up. Might not have moved though. I was wearing like a Mark Echo sweater jacket, like, you know, like when you wear cotton in the rain, it's not a good look. And then I saw like the career development chart and I'm like, so management, like, what is that like? And they just kept talking about, I'm like, is that real? I'm like, what's the glass ceiling? And they're like, "Uh, there's no glass ceiling. I'm like, come on guys, like, what's the glass ceiling like? And they're like, no, no, for real, like we work with billion dollar clients. We're bringing them customers. They want more. However much value you bring to them is how far you'll go. And I'm like, okay. And I didn't care about the day. I didn't care that they didn't make any sales. I cared about none of that. I just liked the idea that I wasn't going to be capped in my advancement. It was going to be 100% up to me. I didn't care about commission because I was commissioned before that. And I thought to myself, these guys suck at sales. And if they're paying their bills, I'm going to be just fine, right? So I was the guy, it was Thursday when they offered me the job and it was team night. I was the guy standing in the lobby like, can somebody please invite me to team night? Because I don't know anyone (laughs) and I want to hang out and get to know you guys, right? And they didn't, which is totally fine. Um, I started next day, got trained, Saw no money. Second day in the field, I saw $16 commission third day in the field, went out with this girl. She made like 400 bucks and, uh, she lined me up and helped me make a sale. And I made like 180. The next day I went to a, the callback. She set me up with, I made $400 some dollars. and I'm, I remember going back to the parking lot, driving at the end of the day and just thinking to myself, I don't know why, But this feels right. Like, I feel like I'm where I'm supposed to be. Right. And I I like, I trust my intuition. I look for signs in life. I go for those sort of things. And uh, it's just right. So at that moment, after like my third day, I was like, all right, cool. I'm, I'm doing this, like committed pretty early on. And then what I learned pretty quickly after about six months of like, not quitting, that's not good enough. Committing, to not quitting is not good enough. So then I started doing more things and more things and like actually doing the pitch in the field and actually working a full day and actually like studying and developing myself. But then at a year end, I had no one on my team. I was riding solo. I was like, oh no. Cause I remember hearing my manager talk about, you know, like old crusty, old crusties, right? And what that is is like, leaders that have just been around for a long ass time and they're not doing anything. And they're just staying stagnant, Call them crusties. Right. And I'm like, am I like, am I an old crusty? I don't want to be an old crusty. So I went to Melissa. I'm like, what do I need to do? Right. And she's like, blah, 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 this, this, this. So I started doing it. And then that next week, this is, this is how, you know, like, like things happen when you're ready. So that week I focused on what she was telling me to do. I just was doing it. The week after I interviewed two people, Monday and Tuesday, one of those people's will line who's an outside deal of mine a promoting owner on my team. And another one was my recruiter when I opened up my office. And if I wouldn't have done that, I wouldn't have got them. But at a year, or six months, I still was not promoted. And they went to Puerto Rico. It was like the cool R&R like nine and a half years ago, if Holly remembers or whatever, Michelle, we're like, you guys went to an island in Puerto Rico. And I'm watching Facebook and Melissa promoted two assistant managers before me that I thought I was better than. And you can imagine like, I'm a high eye, if you guys don't know, right? Like super high eye. like I wanna be a part of everything. Like I wanna be invited. Like even if I can't go, please just invite me and make me feel good about myself, right? So that's literally who I am. So when she came back, I called her and I'm like, all right, here's the deal. I'm gonna do absolutely everything you tell me to do. Everything. And if i'm not it was october 1st and if i'm not promoted by january i'm gonna gonna hate you and then i thought to myself i probably shouldn't have said that because i was like i came at her you know what i mean and what i wasn't expecting her to say it's about time from then i got promoted on december sixth to assistant management right and then after that six months later i got promoted to management i moved with a team of seven people although 32 people wanted to move with me when I opened my office. Uh, I moved from Portland, Oregon to New Jersey uh, on Quill, and we were having the time of our lives. We were not serious about business whatsoever, but we were very serious about team night after team night, if you know what that is, right? And we had a great time. I got to number one on the campaign, crushing it, making a lot of money, and then um, my girlfriend at the time, who was still in Portland, moved to New Jersey. And uh, she was also my promoting owner, right. And uh, partnered with me and walked into the office and was like, like, what the, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, this is not what you're supposed to be doing. And I went from like 32 people on the books, number one on the campaign, the week she was there, I was number one on the campaign by like 30 apps, like six weeks later, eight guys in my office. And like, 15th on the campaign. And I'm like, what the hell just happened? She goes, those people weren't serious about their career anyway, you'll be better off. And, I'm, and I don't know if I lost my student mentality or what, but I'm like, we were combative. of. And then I found it again. I'm like, all right, you tell me what to do again. And then guess what happened? I ended up promoting market management on Verizon Fios, get, got back to number one, Verizon Fios retail. And then I ended up switching the Verizon Fios residential. Two years later, I promoted Will Lineham. Uh, I moved to Chicago and AT&T and that was the real first real time that like I got my teeth kicked in completely, like did not do well whatsoever. Um, pulled, my, pulled my big boy britches up, decided to like own my decisions and things I was doing, started doing really well. My son's special needs, we found out that like in Chicago, it wasn't conducive for him. So we had to move back to New Jersey. We've been back about two years now. Um, I just switched to Verizon Business to Business. I'm on my eighth campaign during COVID, I did six different campaigns, just if you guys want to know. Like trying to figure out, you know, what was going to work because we couldn't work on Verizon Residential for a long time. Um, went out in the field on almost all of them, and now I'm on Verizon Business to Business. And where I'm going now, what my goals are. So I have four offices in my organization. Uh, we're doing about forty thousand dollars in production. Uh, I don't want to say my goal is consultant because I don't really think that's my goal. I, because you know, it's not like that is like this drastic thing. I've seen consultants that aren't really doing much, right? My goal is to really just help as many people as I can um, teach them how to be successful and change their lives. When I'm buying in the process of buying a house, I'm excited for my guys to buy houses, start their lives. Um, have money in the bank and just, you know, develop into good parents and great human beings. And I wanna just lead from the front and be the example uh, and then have my team kind of follow along.
0: I'm gonna kick us off here, Donnie. I think that's all phenomenal. I'm a high eye as well, so I can relate. Um, yeah. These guys can also, I mean, they put up with me, they'll put up with all of us. Um, I'm gonna start with Holly's comments here. Um you've clearly had that get back up mentality. Uh, where does that come from? Um, I
1: had a conversation with George Popbloandadoss about this, right because I'm like I, w- I would think like I don't know the stat, but a lot of people would have quit probably and then did something else. I refuse to give up on my goals. I'm just I'm not okay with like I'll give you an example. I had someone on LinkedIn hit me up. And they had a director of sales position available in New York City, and they were offering me. Already had the job, like job was lined up. They're like, "You got the job, two hundred fifty grand a year salary, plus bonuses, full health care, hundred percent whatever, three weeks vacation a year, all this stuff." And I turned it down, right? And, and the reason is, is because it's not a, it's not about that for me. It's I started something, and I committed to it. And I'm committed to my people and leading by example. It's like, what kind of example would I be if I quit when it gets hard? That's not a good story, but you know what's a badass story? A badass story is when you come back. If you guys ever heard Drake's song, you know what he says? The comeback's better than the setback or whatever, right? And that's I really view it like that. Right? That's such a better story of my life. And when I'm old, that's the story I want to be remembered by. I don't want to be remembered as a quitter as a person that that left because I got hard, what kind of example to my children would I be, right? So it's just, I don't know, I'm resilient. And not only that, just to be very honest with you, I grew up poor. Like, no electricity for months, cold showers, but yet somehow my parents would find a way to buy me Jordans, you know what I mean? Like, seriously, apartments my whole life. So like, I don't know, I can get by. I, I don't need tons of money but it's not about the money for me. If it was, I'd do something else. Once again, it's about finishing what I'm starting and leading by example and helping my people. Right. Because I mean, if I quit, what would make them like, how how do I say this? I I really believe whatever you go through in your career, the hardest times, Mm -hmm. right. is just a way for you to be able to coach your people better and help them get through it. If I don't go through shit, how can I help my guy who goes through shit? When I give him advice, he's gonna be like, you've never gone through what I went through, right? So I'm okay to go through the valleys, the mount, whatever, right? Just so I can be a better coach and example for my team.
0: 100%, I think it just makes you a stronger individual too. The more I go through in life, and I'm, I'm young and young into my career still running an office, but like everything that I've gone through thus far has made me a, a stronger and better individual. And I can relate yeah. to a lot more people, you know? Um, so I love that you said that. What's it like to run a business as a dad? I know we've got some people on the call that are either parents or they're, you know, will be running an office. What's that like?
1: Um, uh, my daughter asked me the other day, she said, daddy, do you have a boss? And I said, no, no, I do not. And then my wife was like, yes, he does. <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious. Right. And I went with it because as a married man, I was like, sure it's fair. Right. But I don't miss anything. I don't I'm the dad that pre-COVID, I was at every cookies with your kids at Tuesday at 11 o'clock. I'm there. Guess how many dads were there? If you follow me on Snapchat, which probably don't, especially then, like I'd Snapchat be like, hashtag only dad. <laughs> it's to the point where like my kids do not even value me me being there. Right. And I love that right? It kind of hurts me a little bit, my high eye, right? Because like the dad that does pop up like 30 minutes late to something, their kids go, dad. And I'm like, oh, that must feel so good. Because when I go in, my kids are like, hey, because <laughs> I'm literally at everything. I'm at everything. And my, my son's special needs, right? Like, I've been at every single doctor's appointment except for maybe like two or three because they weren't serious. But any important one, I am there helping my wife make decisions, right? My Parents in with me, they have paid no bills. They've paid for nothing except for grocery shopping. My mom likes to cook and do big things. So they go grocery shopping, but they're not paying rent. And like having that support around my children is everything. So, and this is something big too. When I was 22, I thought to myself, dude, you're going to be 40 one day. Like you're going to have kids. Like the decisions you make now that they fucking matter. Like, and I don't know. It's been amazing. Like if you could scroll through my Instagram and Facebook, like you see my kids grew up in the office. They're so social. They're not nervous. They're not scared of things. Like they love people. Like, Holly will probably attest to this. It's like they're so outgoing now because of it. My I'll be like, hey guys, love you. I'm going to team night. My son will be like, you are gonna go see your guys? I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna go see my guys. He's like, okay, make them good. I'm like, okay, buddy, I will. Like they're a part of it with me, if that makes sense. Like, my, it's not, I do not believe in a personal professional life. I believe that those are people that work for the weekends. I do not work for the weekend. That's not my life. I love every day. I integrate my life because I'm a business owner and I can do that, right? So how much more valuable do you think every day is for me? Because I do that. Think about the people that just look forward to the weekends. If you guys see the memes, your friends that post like, I saw this one meme of these like African dudes. We're like, he's like, what day is it? He's dancing outside the car, right? Like it's Friday and he's like hyped, whatever. I'm like, that's not, I don't feel like that. I'm like, cool, it's Friday, whatever. Because if I wanted to go apple picking with my kids on Thursday, I would do that. I don't need it to be the weekend. You know what I mean? So it's been amazing and I wouldn't change anything.
0: And I'm just going to throw one comment in there because I know you and Holly are at all of your kids' events and I think that's fantastic. I grew up, and and you guys probably can relate to this too, and some of you guys on the call, I grew up where my father had to choose whether or not he was going to go to my event or my sibling's event. Mm -hmm. you know, and I knew that he wanted to be there. But like knowing that you don't ever have to go through that as a parent is amazing. So I think they'll appreciate it when they grow up. Business has
1: also made me a way better dad. I'm so much more patient. I can coach my kids through things that like, like my parents live with me. And I'm like, wow, like, I'm more developed than you. (laughs) It's like, crazy. I'm being serious. Like the conversations I'm having and like all this stuff. It's like, it, it makes you a better human being.
0: All right, well, I know we've got a, a few seconds left. Uh, who's your biggest mentor and your main takeaways you've gotten from them? I have a feeling you're gonna say Melissa, but.
1: Yeah, my wife. man. She is the baddest chick around, bro, I'm gonna tell you. Um, I was gonna
0: say, if you don't say her, I'm gonna tell her.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> um, um, in this industry, her. Before this, I had a guy named Greg, okay? And just for the, I'll, I'll tell you something about both. Greg came from corporate America. He was my customer service manager. He wanted to, he was at uh, Morgan Stanley. He was high up executive making well into the six figures, right? Well into the six figures. One day he walked into his office and his shit was in a box. He told me one day, he goes, Donnie, the reason why I win is because if my grandmother was standing at the one yard line and I wanted to score a touchdown, I would run through her. And I'm like, why wouldn't you just go around her? She's old. You're probably faster than her. That's fucked up, right? Like, that's literally what I thought. But the point was, like, nothing is going to stop him. So he t- he told me that when I was 22, right? That's the first piece of mentoring advice I've ever got at 22. And it just made so much sense to me. We're like, like, just if you want something bad enough, like, you will do it. There's no such thing as can't. There's only won't, Right? So anytime you're you're saying to somebody, I can't do that, no, 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 you won't. Because you won't make whatever sacrifice that you need to do to get there, right? And I'm not willing to do that. And as far as Melissa, I mean, grit. Like, and something that she really taught me, I think, in the field before we were anything, is that, like, there's no convenient time to be successful. There's no convenient time, right? Because as you get older the more and more responsibilities you get. The best time is now because tomorrow you're older and you never know what's going to happen, right? So just hold on to that. It's not like people will quit, like, well, I'm going to maybe save up some money and then come back. No, you're not. And that's okay. But don't think that your life is going to become more and more convenient. It doesn't work that way. You just get more and more responsibility, right? And more pressure. That helped
0: me out a lot going through the field. I'm trying to think of what I wanna ask. Um, we'll, we'll just keep going. If you, had a, if you had a time loop and you could go back in time and give yourself a piece of advice or do something different, what would you do? Or what would you say?
1: Uh, only time I would do that is Chicago, not be a little bitch, I'm such a little bitch, I hated it. Looking back on that time, I'm like, that was not who you are, man. Like, just wasn't who I was. So I would remind myself that. Instead of six months of feeling sorry for myself, uh, at day one, I would have just went back in time and punched myself in the face and be like, pick your big boy britches up and get the fucking work. Don't blame other people for anything. It is only your fault where you're at in life. And that's it. I mean, my field time and all that, it took two years. I had fun, man. I enjoyed the ride. I, enjoy, I enjoyed failing because every time I failed, I just thought to myself, cool, I'm going to get good at that. Like, cool, I'm going to get good at that. And you see that process and when you learn to enjoy that process of failing and getting that, if you don't get butterflies in your stomach and you're in the field and you're not a management from doing things, you're not pushing yourself. You should feel that all the time, because that's growth. If you're nervous to do something, you're scared to do something, do it. You're gonna fail and it's gonna be ugly. And that's okay. The first time I did a high roller speech, right when we were in office, I was on the sidelines doing this on my sides, cause my hands are so sweaty. So sweaty, like it was unbelievable. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And the manager's like, what are you doing, bro? And you're like completely distracted me. And I'm like, ugh, I called me out in front of like 18 people. Remember I'm a high eye. I. I don't like that. I'm like, I'm nervous, leave alone, right? And I was like, please just don't call me up now. He called me up and I failed miserably. Probably the worst high roller speech in the history of our industry. Like, I stumbled my words. I didn't even do a goal. Like, I said, what worked for me is CPR. If you do CPR, I'll see you on bell buy a little right? Like, and that's okay. Like, fail. Get good at that. I enjoyed the ride. So, I, nothing from the field. Just, just when I was, you know, already promoting owner, like, just stop being soft.
0: I think there's so many lessons that you learn from pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone, um, but I think a lot of us too compare our our progress to other people, or you know we can compare our situation to others, and, and maybe even our own situations. Like maybe we've been in better spots before, or, or you know we're aiming to be in a better spot. Um, it's like the the theory of relativity states that you know if you're comparing yourself to the wrong thing, you're, you're totally off base. What what do you compare your progress to?
1: Me. And I used
0: to not do that.
1: Man, I used to, like, there was this guy, I'm not going to say his name, but he was on Quill. He promoted four deals, moved to Dallas. And I'm like, and he was getting all the love. And I'm like, what? Come on, man. I remember going to promoting owners or something. I don't, there were like this thing where like, if you're a top person, they believe in you, you get to go to it. I got to go to Malibu and so he got all love and I just, it ate at me three months later, he quit. And I just remembered like, don't judge yourself based off of other people's success because like in this business, like I'm not number one right now, but I will be, you know what I mean? And just trust the process, trust yourself, like go every day and just like, here's what I used to do. I used to think about long-term how much work it's going to take me to get to where I want it to be. You can't do that. It's overwhelming and you can't control. You don't know what's going to happen three weeks from now, but you know what I can control waking up early today, having my coffee, having great fucking energy, being grateful for what I do have and giving today a hundred percent. And if I do that, I bet you three weeks from now, when I wake up, I'm going to
0: be in a pretty damn good place. I love it, Donnie. I know you're out of time. You got to jump into your busy day and schedule. Thank you for squeezing this in. Really, really appreciate it, uh, guys. Yeah. Take uh, take note of all this stuff. Some good advice from another high eye. But I'll put my kick email. some ass, you guys.
1: Ooh, I'll put he's my email the chat if anybody wants
0: to email me. Thanks. Oh.